was screwed by General Manai. Joe, uh, a couple episodes ago, you revealed your track of the summer. I did. And I realized that I am, in my monastic uh, purity, uh, am not bound by the seasons with my music taste. Mm. So I did not have a track of the summer. But then I listened again to Screwed by Janelle Monae, and I realized that was the track of the summer. And so now, with summer a week from ending, mere days, in fact, perhaps a day, uh, it's time to announce that my track of the summer is Janelle Monae's Screwed, which is uh, a great song and both uh, really dumb and really clever. And what else could you ask for? Uh, did you just make a pun there with monastic and Monai? I, I didn't. Like it. I, 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 it's only my latent genius uh, producing those without me <laughs> intending it uh, is what. Yes, that. your growing podcast skills. <laughs> so close to the 10,000 hours. Um, <laughs> our, uh, our listeners have 10,000 hours. <laughs> uh, this uh, this uh, track is excellent. Um, what do you think Janelle Madai is trying to say? Um. <laughs> I, you know, actually, I think she's saying a few things. It's it's both pro-sex and anti-war. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, again, what more could you ask for in the summer? She's True. Just, she's very smart. <laughs> uh, and many of the songs on her new album were influenced by Prince, uh, who she worked with, was a mentor, maybe contributed directly to the album. Uh, and you can hear it here uh, for sure. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Uh, she's kind of uh, she's got a lot of Prince affinities generally, even before they apparently collaborated. Both yes, really smart pop musicians, you know. Yes, multi talented uh, and weird in Rock, a pop R and B all that stuff at once. Yeah, yeah, weird in a slightly uh, receding way where they yeah they, uh, their their identity is uh, fuzzy. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Paul, um, Paul, let me ask you. Let me, unless you have something more to say about this song. No, that's enough. Uh, it rocks. Uh, Listen to it next summer since I failed you this time. Well, uh, let me um, put a scenario in front of you related to uh-huh. this. Okay. Um, we're going back to 1927. Uh, the radio okay. the radio craze of 1922 has resulted in the uh, opening of hundreds of radio stations. Um, and, you know, with new rules uh, allowing for on-air direct advertising in 1926, uh, NBC and CBS um, are now the dominant national networks and are broadcasting live across the country, um, mm-hmm. or as, as live as it got back then. Um, so you have the opportunity to travel back to 1927, let's say the summer of 1927. Um, Uh what, what song do you bring with you to play on the radio to blow their minds? (laughs) Okay. I mean, so, uh, the most shocking choices are, I'm taking them off the table just because the reaction would just be like, holy shit, fuck you. We're starting an exorcism right here, right now. Yeah. If you played Um, Aphex Twin, you'd be killed. Yeah. Well, that might be interesting. For, so we're and it has to be it has to be for a mass audience. I was thinking like you know I'm not going to play them uh, any of my Godsmack collection. Um, <laughs> yes, that that would also <laughs> that would get you burned at the stake. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but yeah, so it can't be too arty like Aphex Twin either. Um, you know, uh, my first instinct is uh, Joanna Newsom, just because there was a mm. lot of that Americana roots music going on at the time, and yet she's a weird, weird uh, evolution of it. So that's my first guess, but I'm I've been thinking about this for about forty seconds, so there might be a better choice. Yeah, I, I um, no idea why I decided to spring this on you, but um, I, I've been thinking about it uh, for about twenty four hours. And, uh, this morning I was driving, uh, and, uh, Robin's show me love came on and I realized if you played just really good pop music from like the nineties or, you know, hit me baby one more time or, or (laughs) like people would just go, there'd be no context for music that catchy, uh, (laughs) and I think it would I think that collectively you would cause just mass hysteria because yes, people I think would be You would you would single handedly pervert the youth of an entire nation. There's, yes. There's no question. Cults cults um, would form around yes, the song. Absolutely. You would you would probably be the prophet of the new deity Britney Spears if you played Yes. Uh <laughs> Hit Me Baby One More Time. That's for Calvin Coolidge, you could all. you could prophesize her coming in seventy years. Oh you my know, god! And, and you'd be right. Yeah, you'd be long lynched by then. But um, yeah, man, history would historians would have a tough time with that one. And that's how Britney Spears became dictator for life in <laughs> nineteen ninety eight. You know, I think this is actually a good idea. People uh, people talk about with time travel, like going back and fixing things or going back and experiencing things that you. Uh, would never get to experience. I say, if we invent time travel, the thing to do is to troll the present. Um, yes. Just <laughs> absolutely make our current uh, society um, unable to figure out how things back then happened, such as, I don't know, um, Hitler actually having a Pepe on his desk. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, just... Um, uh, somehow uh uh bring bring kanye uh back to uh watch kim film the sex tape so <laughs> you just see him in the corner like the fuck
and welcome to Savage Beast. Uh, I'm Joe Gallagher. Uh, with me, as always, uh, a white male of European descent uh, living in uh, the southwestern United States with his wife and kids. It's Paul McLeod. Hello. Um, most that's all correct. I can't. I can't deny any of it. Um, uh, the only part I regret is the southwestern United States living part. <laughs> He has a mortgage on a ranch house and uh, uh, two cars um, mm-hmm. and uh, and a dog, probably. Yeah. Still. I do have a dog. Um, she ate something a couple weeks ago and uh, cost us $400 to find out that she would probably just shit it out anyway. <laughs> so that's the that is the quintessential dog owner experience. Yeah. That's honestly, dogs continue to try to kill themselves way after kids stop doing that. Yes, um, um, because dogs are not as smart as humans. Uh, no, it's like it's like nine months. The humans are are past them. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Paul, I I hate on podcasts when uh, people talk about their dumb shit rather than the subject of the podcast. So, well, this time it was your fault. It so. was my fault, and I apologize. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh cool. this, this is me. What's this podcast about? <laughs> um uh yes, this is me fast forwarding through ten minutes of Zach Lowe talking about his kids. Um Oh, uh, I actually enjoy Zach Lowe's <laughs> ridiculous personal asides. Uh, more more of our crossover NBA podcast commentary. That's yes. That's this is this Music is an NBA podcast. NBA is the second category on this podcast, so that's okay. For sure. Um <laughs> Jimmy Butler, where is he gonna end up? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Do you know he likes country music? There we can tie it back. Yes. Um, we'll listen to Jimmy Butler's favorites at some point, but not today. Uh, today, no, it's just all the worst country music. That's all. Yes. Uh, um, today we are talking about, um, first, uh, an album that's uh, 10 years and change old. Uh, it's Vampire Weekend's Vampire Weekend. Let's play a track. Yeah. 
was Oxford Comma by Vampire Weekend, mm-hmm. the second track from their self-titled album. Joe, I give a fuck about an Oxford Comma. I hate when people are against the Oxford Comma. Uh, we're not going to get into this discussion now. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to follow what Ezra Kona says. We're going to we're going to we're going uh, we're gonna to accept his argument. Um, okay. In this on this podcast today. Um, uh, but I think you should use a comma wherever you like, Paul. So I support you. Okay. Um, I don't think I should use it wherever I like. I should use it where it's correct. Move on. Um, yeah, well, where you think it's correct. Um, <laughs> in uh, Southwestern uh, American English. Um, <laughs> uh, Paul, I've actually wanted to talk about Vampire Weekend uh, for a while. Uh, number one, because they are a great fucking band. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, a question has come up in my mind, uh, which is why do people like them so much? Uh, and in, in a particular way that you could put this album on uh, in almost any context with like any group of our peers and like mm-hmm. 85% of them would be glad that you had put this album on. Um, um, or, or, you know, why is this yeah. album an iconic album of this era and so popular? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, it was super, it was super big at the time. In 2008, I was not keeping up to the minute with music or indie rock. Is right in the middle of the five-year period where I really wasn't uh, trying to do that. Uh, but I still totally knew about this album. I mean, I was kind of paying attention. Um, and uh, so it was big already. Um, and uh, I think there are a few reasons why. One, the textures are not original, but they were pretty much unheard in indie rock at the time. I don't remember a lot of prominent uh sort of you know what's the term for this uh uh african ripoff stuff is there a, a better term than that uh, um so, yeah soito is yeah. you know uh a style of music uh yeah and a place so in yeah South like africa <laughs> yeah paul simon had done it in the 80s and made a had a huge commercial and critical hit on uh, Graceland is that the name of the album? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, so it wasn't like it was unknown over here, but it had kind of fallen out. I had not really been exposed to it. And if you go back and listen to those uh, original African artists uh, who originated this style, um, like in terms of guitar style, sound, and uh, application, it sounds exactly like this. Um, my kids had a like world music uh, kids CD mm-hmm. for a while that um, has a bunch of stuff that sounds just like this um, in terms of tone and texture and everything. Right. So uh, not to say it's original, but it was, it was new to me and many other people. Uh, second of all, um, I think it has really wide appeal because it's super catchy. Um, there's yes. no, there's really nothing abrasive about it at all, except for maybe some of the, extremely intellectual lyrics which um i don't know getting really intellectual really pisses some people off it seems like um but if you're not really paying close attention to the uh, many words on this album uh, i guess that wouldn't bother you and um uh 
Uh, lastly, uh, they're just a really good band who writes and plays excellent songs, uh, regardless of which medium they're going to be working in, I think. So, uh, you put all those things together, no offensive elements, uh, new flavor and excellent craft. And, uh, it's not too surprising that it would, it would blow up. Uh, I'll take that, um, those arguments. That's, that is a fine summary. Um, I think that the the intellectual part is what makes it um, interesting to me in that people seem to uh, latch on to um, the high art aspects of uh, this brand of indie rock. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there were... uh, um, it assumes a common knowledge, a common uh, higher level of education, and mm-hmm. uh, makes references to both scenarios and um, you know items from the the, the canon of higher education um, freely um, and and without much uh, you know background explanation and 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 even in um, you know expecting you to. Uh, maybe even recognize the the flavors of world music of african music that haven't been incorporated um Mm -hmm. so uh and to craft a amazing pop record um Mm -hmm. from those ingredients um you know it it takes a a special you know a special songwriter i mean i i there are so many heartbreaking moments in every one of these songs, even though they're catchy, uplifting mm-hmm. pop tunes. They, they, they're, they lay out these tiny moments that you think about over and over, and you, you know, you realize how important they were. You know, that's that's common instance in life where something small happens, and looking back, you're like, something different had happened there. Like everything going forward would have been different. Um, and uh, this song, Oxford Comma, has an example of that, you know, where it says, you know, why would you lie about how much coal you have, which is some sort of weird Oxford Comma joke. But it is, why would you lie yeah. about something dumb like that? Why would you lie about anything at all? You know, it's it's kind of this, you know, oh, man, why is this person, this person lied to me about this? Like, why did they lie at all? It's, it's uh, yeah. you know, this this revelation of these moments. And, and those um, take place uh, across the album, whether you're like, driving to or from a party or um, making bad decisions on a European vacation or just (laughs) (laughs) anything like that. Um, And it brings you back. I think that's what brings you back to the songs over and over, um, even though uh, they are, you know, they, they don't get as stale as they would if they were just um, kind of jangly African pop, African influenced indie pop tunes. That's absolutely true. I mean, I don't know about you, but I definitely have uh, experienced that feeling where I was lying about something dumb, and I was like, why am I even doing this? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I should have just fucking told the truth there. Um, Also, on that, I cannot tell you how long it took me to realize that he was making a reference to uh the yin yang twins from the window to the wall song yeah. in there it was like it was like 2 years ago i finally figured that out i was like <laughs> oh <laughs> that's hilarious um 
but uh but that also gets to something that i think uh helps the intellectual stuff uh go down both both be more palatable and also um uh hit harder is what a lot of smart highbrow artists do which is switching back quickly from uh or abruptly from a highbrow to lowbrow stuff like that um you know we're talking about the oxford commas and then we're talking about literally the dumbest pop song uh of the new of the new century um albeit one that literally everybody knows <laughs> um <laughs> and uh that's two literallys that are questionable for you right in a row um anyway uh you see it on the next or on uh cape cod kwasa kwasa too where you know it's all very um you know clever nice music and then it's like do you want to fuck uh you know it's uh that that juxtaposition of high and low um it it's feel- it's like it's what's brilliant about it is that it sort of insulates you from accusations of being a total ponce which otherwise you might be uh yes um it does not feel unnatural like peter gabriel <laughs> um which which uh uh genius claims that lyric means that uh the sex the sex the protagonist is having with the sterile preppy girl feels as unnatural as a Peter Gabriel song, <laughs> uh, which makes several leaps there. Um, yeah. and you know, and, and also what's wrong with the Peter Gabriel song? Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't think Peter Gabriel feels unnatural, maybe mm-hmm. lame. Although some, but not. <laughs> some said it was a super meta joke where saying how unnatural Peter Gabriel's African influenced music sounded, um, and Vampire yeah. Weekend, but that's too far. I mean, with this band, nothing is quite too far. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's 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 but some bullshit. That's one of those things where it's like, even if you intend it, it doesn't count because no. you didn't create it enough. You know? Yeah. Um. Uh. And that the Cape Cod Kwasa Kwasa. Um. You know, it it has a a wordless vocal, uh, instrumental bridge in it uh-huh. that's uh particularly striking um something i really listened to uh really noticed on these um uh the listening to the album for this pod uh just how uh, much attention um uh rostam the producer and band multi-instrumentalist uh, multi-instrumentalist band member um gave to these very spare sounds um and uh you know managed to get uh, so much out of what in most indie bands hands would really sound like it was recorded in like bedrooms in a friend's barn which this 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 album was um but yeah you you never get that impression from the tracks totally great audio quality for uh unknown college kids basically yes (laughs) Um, yeah, it's just uh, a clever tra- uh, song. The last thing I'll say to uh, emphasize how uh, wide its appeal is, is that my kids, uh, who like just terrible music, um, love Vampire Weekend. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, that's impressive. It really can appeal uh, across generations, across um, lines within our society. I think we have to stop and talk about our mutual appreciation for uh, uh, the song Walcott. Uh, mm-hmm. The cello only solo, uh, ah. uh, uh, cello only verse in that. Um, 
uh, Rostam did all the string arrangements for this and um, they're uh, like the rest of the album um, uh, simplistic but not simple yeah no, simple but not simplistic there we go yeah that's, that's what you wanted <laughs> yes <laughs> No, that track, um, it's like the most uh, rock-ish in structure and uh, uh, is really great. It, it makes me wish that I had um, had a bunch of sort of loose Cape Cod vacations to uh, relate to it. But um, uh, either way, um, very, very great track. Uh, the Absolutely. Uh, most of the times they bring the strings on in this album. It's gorgeous. I love strings. Uh, Paul, you mean driving from Oklahoma to Texas didn't inspire you no. uh, in your college years to um, appropriate African music? No, no, it did not <laughs> um, at all. Um, it probably inspired you to appropriate African-American music. <laughs> you know, uh, God, what was I listening to at the time? A lot of Modest Mouse, I think. Yeah, Kid A, Kid A. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was just Kid A on repeat. Yeah, I was about to go down several uh, several wormholes there. Uh, mm-hmm. But we listened to this album on the way to the Grand Canyon, the same yes, we trip did. where we listened to uh, Mad Villain. Yeah, uh, good heady heady trip. <laughs> a lot of a lot of big uh, music moments on that trip, and, and that was in two thousand eight. That was the time. Yes. Which um, speaking of which, I think you had some thoughts about. Uh, 2008 music generally perhaps well i mean it's it's interesting to me i mean it's interesting to me that 2008 was 10 years ago um uh no it's just what for me there's this big like cutoff in 2000 which maybe because that happens to be the year we graduated from high school uh maybe you know artificial but you know that that around the year 2000 you know indie rock was becoming more than a descriptor. It was becoming a genre. And, you know, now that we're so far past it, you know, like 2008 is the not or past that, that point where, you know, indie rock became the biggest form of rock. Um, 2008 is kind of the midpoint of that. And I was just curious about what was going on there. Um, because sometimes I feel like the rock we're listening to now, and I think now I'd say this incorrectly, would you could play it in 2008 and you'd be like, okay, you know, like Diet Sig would, or Speedy Ortiz would fit well in 2008. So I wanted to go back and kind of like remind myself how different it was then and like what was going on then and um, uh, what's what's gone on in the past 10 years. Yeah, you know, so I looked back, like I said, for me, it's a little weird because I wasn't really uh, keeping up to date on all the hot music in 2008, but a few years later I was. And there are all kinds of my favorite albums that have come out since then. And honestly, in that time, basically this decade, I probably have listened to like... I don't know, five times as many different new albums as I did in all my life before that. Right. Um, so it's kind of strange looking back at 2008 itself. Um, like I pulled up pitchforks, top tracks and top albums yes. from 2008. 
which is a good way to get just like what people who are into the things I was into, I'm into, what they were listening to at the time. It's impressive how many of these things in the top 10, I kind of remember the name of the artist and like just have not uh, ever gotten into them at all. Like um, Hercules and Love Affair, no idea what they're like. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ slash Rupture. Um, <laughs> these are the cut, those are the two worst of the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> cut copy. I don't know what cut copy is about. What? Uh, I would, okay. Did you? So did you immediately listen to In Ghost Colors? No. Damn. That, should I? That record owns man. Yes. Okay. And is a prime example um, uh, of what was going on in 2008. But you finish your point. Okay. Well, but then there are some. Uh, like just looking at the top ten from Pitchfork that year. There are several albums that I love, including Vampire Weekend. Um, M83 is in there. I'm not sure that I go back to that album much, but M83 was a good band. Um, TV on the radio, again, same thing. I feel like this was... I I don't know how good Deer Science is. I just know uh, some of their other albums better. Deer Hunter never got into, No Age never got into, but the freaking Portishead coming in at number two with a great album, third, that I mm-hmm. love. And then Fleet Foxes. Um, sort of like this was like their debut so um uh they they actually co-named their ep and their album number one which is weird but um uh, that was that was back when pitchfork still did weird shit yeah pitchfork that's before they sold out um <laughs> that uh that is definitely an unassailable choice so um yeah, you know, maybe I should, I guess the lesson is maybe I should go listen to things like Cut Copy that I haven't been paying attention to because... Uh, let's uh, let's listen to a track from In Ghost Colors real quick, um, and then uh, I'll do this, this I'll, I'll talk a little more about 2008. copy uh from their album uh in ghost colors uh danceable uh just like the other the album right after that on pitchfork's top uh top 50 uh no age nouns which is dance punk 
it's amazing how different this music is from what we're listening to now uh in in some ways like that indie rock was uh there were a lot of dance beats yeah a lot of synths a lot of uh you know i feel like that was started or at least it became part of my consciousness with uh like the dance punk movement of uh i mean people threw like the rapture yeah yeah yeah's and the first liars yeah. album all into that at the same time in like 2003 yes yeah um but yeah uh i definitely have not heard that song before but uh it makes sense from 2008 i feel like since then the you know dance music has so come to dominate uh pop music that um that's just a thing that uh indie rock has sort of not totally obviously there are lots of indie dance bands, yeah but uh there are a lot of rock band indie rock bands that have decided like there's no point in trying to like be popular by being danceable rock so they just you know play rock and give up on being popular uh true my yeah. impression of the trends generally albeit there will be well, many exceptions there's a lot of compressed pop influence you know pop sounds to this you know where yeah you, you, people are still figuring out how to make music for your buds um and it sounds it already sounds a bit old-fashioned to my ear um, yeah it's not people aren't as interested in sort of in harmony um uh and um you know this album you know maybe we should play something from no ages album you know which it does it does slap um there's lots of good crashing percussion um and uh it's it's pleasant but you know a lot of it is is maybe the the end of the era of what's unfortunately called blog rock i, I hate <laughs> that term but you know people like yeah, tv on the radio yeah. Um, and, uh, tapes and tapes is another, is an example of a, a kind of good band from that time. Um, our, our deer hunter uh, blog rock. I feel like deer hunter are deer hunter. Yeah. Um, they are like, they're like psych rock. And yeah. Like psych alt indie. Fair enough. Gay psych alt indie. <laughs> they, they have their, I did not know they were gay, but that's yes. great. Um, uh, and I think it's interesting that you um, are, you know, started paying attention to music a little later than this because I, what I know is that I, I went to South by in 2010, and that's you know I saw both local natives and best ghosts there before uh -huh. they were pop before they were popular and or they were get you know they were the bands with a big buzz there and i just think the music that really maybe brought us back you and i into music because i'm i'm kind of in the same space that mm -hmm. you were where i i i now have a podcast about music um and <laughs> care more about it than i did in 2008 even though I'm still listening to a lot of it um because these bands found um uh, these indie bands found something um, more original. And I think it, like you said, less rooted in trying to be popular. Um, yeah. uh, not that best coast can't put together a good radio rock song. Um, we, you know, of course what happened almost immediately after this uh, was chill wave, which we've never really talked about on this podcast, but uh, 
that was like 09 through 11. And uh, looking at this 08 list, it doesn't seem like it was taking over yet at the time. So that's interesting. That was a whole little indie uh, explosion, um, or so it feels. Uh, this is a no chill the- wave podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. It is. Um, it is funny to go back and listen. It's also funny to watch the video for that cut copy song, which I just watched, and <laughs> see what hip haircuts looked like right before the uh, Cristiano Ronaldo induced, um, you know, shaved sides revolution, which <laughs> I am certainly a slave to to this day. Um, but uh, uh, people were a lot shaggier back then, um, so uh, a lot has changed since 2008. We. Um, you know, uh, don't have a war criminal in the White House 10 years later yet. Uh, right. Although he's pro- he's probably done that. He's probably done something illegal war-wise. Yes. Um, obviously many illegal things. But, uh, yeah, we uh, – <laughs> Obama happened in between, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's weird that this list is um, uh, at the beginning of an era of of uh, of hope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess when it came out, it would have been like a month after Obama got elected, and everybody yep. would have been very happy. Yes, um, I even I was happy, um, <laughs> uh, and and I think that you know to tie this back to Vampire Weekend, it's you know Fleet Foxes being the number one album. Um, I, I going back and listening to that album and that EP, um, you know, is is a reminder of how simple their music was then you yeah. know compared to their album from last year um uh and you know how last year didn't two Vampire years, Weekend, two years. It no, was no, like four years no ago. no no i'm talking oh sorry it's talking about fleet foxes, fleet oh, oh, foxes. Sorry. yeah yeah. i yeah. got i got mixed up there that you probably yeah, did yeah. that right sorry. um no problem um so <laughs> listening to fleet fox's first album and ep how simple it is um and how much it does have in common with uh, Vampire Weekend um, as this, you know, high art rock bringing in elements f- uh, that are familiar from other forms of music. Um, and then with like an assumed knowledge and like I said, that that educated um, audience um, to to consume it. Um, so uh, I think both of those bands um, in 2008 kind of staked out this position where um, really along again, what you said, where, you know, our really good rock music is not going to be popular. So yeah. we're going to make it really smart. Yeah. Um, and then it still remained part popular with educated white people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, that's about right. Um, speaking of all that, uh, do you have any more thoughts before we transition to, the smart, unpopular indie rock of today. Uh, only that um, 2008 was a long time ago, and uh, youth is fleeting. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a one year old at the time. Now I have an almost 11 year old. That's great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All right. Um, so we're switching things up a little bit this time with the best of the quarter. And I'm just going to throw mine at y'all. And then next time, Joe will throw his at us. Mm-hmm. So 
Joe, this is your and chance it's to all to, chill wave. Yes. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, let's let's get right into that. Um, first thing, a couple of honorable mentions, which were only honorable mentions because they're popular enough; they don't need me to boost their uh, stock. Um, and they're just a lot of good albums all the time. But uh, Janelle Monae with uh, mm-hmm. Dirty Computer, uh, great album. I was sure it would make mm-hmm. my top list, but it didn't. Um, and then Arctic Monkeys, who uh, to me are like the great rock band of the past 10 years that like really actually consistently has made a bunch of great fucking rock albums mm-hmm. and yet has never like owned the zeitgeist because rock just isn't popular in this country yeah maybe in england they're just huge i yeah, hope so they they, um, they are okay, or have cool. been yeah yeah anyway so uh tranquility base hotel and casino sort of a weird album a lot more loungy and uh uh funky but uh it's still really good um and uh excellent i would say for like that period in the house party when uh, you know, 85% of the people have left and you're just like smoking with your bros on the back porch, uh, being drunk and talking about shit. Uh, perfect time for tranquility based hotel maybe, and casino. Maybe I, maybe I need to try it in that setting because, uh, uh, I, I agree with your thoughts on the Arctic monkeys, but, uh, I did not like this album. Uh, that, I, I, you know, I was underwhelmed at first until I did actually do that. And then I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah, so- songs about uh, Yelp Yelp reviews. Well, with Yelp reviews as the central metaphor. Eh. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, too, um, it's almost uh, too much of a parody of Arctic Monkeys <laughs> at times. Well, that's fair. I, uh, as you know, don't actually hear lyrics, so I have no idea that they talked about Yelp on this album. Yes, the, the song uh, Four Stars Out of Five. Oh, that's that's kind of funny, actually. That's a good title. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, but it's honorable mention, so we cannot yeah, talk about it. Yeah.
sorry, we got there eventually, listener. Uh, that was Emerald Rush from Singularity by John Hopkins. As I described before, this album uh, is beautiful, it's weird, and it completely fucking bangs, and that's really all I want out of my music. So uh, it was on my list. Yeah, uh, go back to the episode uh, Paul's Electronique, uh, and <laughs> you can um, uh, hear our, our thoughts on John Hopkins, uh, this record, uh, which remains um, uh, pretty chill. But not a wave. <laughs> now that the tears dry and the pain takes over, let's talk this payola, payola. You killed God's baby when it wasn't his will and blood spill. We can't talk this shit over, this shit over. The Lord is my shepherd. I am not sheep. I am just a short stone's throw from the streets. I bring my offering. I will not preach. Awaken my demons. You can hear that man screaming. I'm no different than the priest. Priest. Santeria. 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 They say that death comes in threes, how appropriate, appropriate. Triple brack the Russian like Soviets. Soviets At the Kremlin, searching for the green like a gremlin Presidential emblem, presidential tint on the shit that I am driven in Woo. I just place orders and drop dollars Rottweilers roam the grounds, the Glock hollers The three of y'all too accessible Seen all the wrong moves, watching the untouchables We don't do vegetables, niggas get flatlined Welcome all beef, then we heat them with flat irons Your plans are Back fine, think of double crossing the priest. Hail Mary, repeat after me. It was Santeria by Pusha T from Daytona. Joe has the fact that the rest of the good music summer kind of completely sucked, uh, taking anything away from this amazing album. Uh, wait, what sucked? The rest of the Kanye series ah. of EP albums of uh, Good Music Summer. No, it's only sucked in the fact that uh, uh, people stop paying attention to this awesome album way too soon. Um, yeah. Which is uh, definitely a shared best of for both of us this quarter. Uh, it's the brevity and bravado of its beats uh, are beautiful. Combined with the brutal surgicality of push a t on the mic yes um, um yeah i i do wish he'd he'd said something i don't practice santeria i go <laughs> i go pro and it's sublime uh, this is why this is why i'm not push a t <laughs> no uh it does seem like uh probably for white people who are alive in the 90s uh, that seems like an obvious reference, but maybe Pusha T was just like, uh, I'm listening to two live crew at the time. I don't know. Uh, um, what about pull a T? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I think that was your worst joke on yes. this podcast. That yes. was it. <laughs> uh, um, that's what that is. A, that's a very space ghost thing where he would just say <laughs> pull a T and then Pusha T would stare at him. First. See, yeah, with a, with enough deadpan, you can get away with anything completely stupid. Yes. Um, anyway, um, okay, so now let's go into albums that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, I'm going to start us off with the ridiculously named Illuminati Hotties with mm. their slash her album, 
Kiss your frenemies. Better Than Ever by Illuminati Hotties from Kiss Your Frenemies. Um, that is... Uh, what I love about this album is that, um, A, uh, you know, great poppy hard rock songs. She calls her genre Tinder Punk, which is uh, T-E-N-D-E-R, um, which is uh, uh, pretty clever, or at least pretty accurate. Um, but... Uh, in addition to um, you know just good catchy pop rock like you heard there, uh, the lyrics are pretty clever. Um, all my favorite socks are getting holes in them. All my favorite people got a load on them. I I think she intends the sexual meaning there, which is funny just for that. Um, and also she's actually a sort of recording engineer who professionally who um, uh, aspired to make her own music. And turns out to be very talented at it. But she brought her recording uh, engineering chops with her. And uh, the result is that this album sounds awesome, which I really appreciate in our low-budget indie rock landscape um, when somebody goes out of their way to uh, make even straight-ahead rock sound really good. Uh, so um, Sarah Tudson is the name of the uh, person who really is Illuminati Hatties. And... Uh, I'm glad that she stepped out from behind the boards. Uh, yeah, this this album caught me off guard uh, by um, how how not just good but uh, vital and uh, funny mm-hmm. and um, real. It seemed uh, my my favorite of the lyrics was uh, your. Uh, something like you're fucking her to the songs I played you. Which, yeah. <laughs> really good. Really, yeah. really good. Really uh, uh, vivid and um, real seeming there. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it sometimes it's a good sign when you're like, ah, I've heard something like this before. And then you realize you can't think of it because it's just this great new thing that brings in a lot of other uh, art that you like. Um, yeah. You know, it's a good thing we talked about Liz Fair before this. There's some Liz Fair. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's some that dog. But there's also, you know, someone listening to the music that's out right now. Someone listening to Speedy Ortiz and and Diet Jeff Rosenstock. Sig. Yeah, and and um, uh, and 
car, car seat headrest and just making yeah. um, some aggressive alternative rock uh, with an emo heart. Um, yeah. And I really, uh, you know, I, I also like there was some, uh, there were some lo-fi touches still. Uh, there's a song just called Boy, uh, mm-hmm. I think near the end, which was like a short minute little interlude. And uh, I just bring that up as, um, uh, uh Yes, boy, B-O-I, you know, as, as there were, um, some ambitious touches here. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, there's attention paid to how the album as a whole, uh, would, you know, come across, you know, the, mm-hmm. the beats of the album, one might say. Um, yeah. and I, I like that. Um, because I think even some of the good indie rock of today, um, again, still feels like, oh, we put our best 10 songs that so we got high and put them in some some totally. order. Totally happens. Um, um, <laughs> for cheese, parenthesis, my friend, not the food. That's better. <laughs> like, like it's a stupid joke, but it, it makes me laugh. Um, yes. <laughs> there's a smart dumb, I guess, is uh, how somebody put it on the Internet once mm-hmm. and that that gets me every time so uh yeah um all you frustrated recording engineers out there uh play your music for the world it might be good it probably sucks but it might be good um okay uh ready for the next one joe i am okay we're gonna move on by tangents um unfortunately they're one of these uh slow building instrumental bands where listening to a minute and a half of one track doesn't really give you the idea but um uh again i had never heard of this band before uh they're from the antipodes somewhere uh and uh they are another version of sort of john hopkins where 
Uh, their music is beautiful and it's weird and it has great beats and that's uh, again pretty much pretty much those three things uh, I will love you if you have them so um, it's uh, seven longish tracks of uh, that sort of um, you know frenetic uh, you know like I guess what would you call those like almost drum and bassy beats with some variant of jazz and uh, experimental chamber pop stuff going on. I'd, I'd uh, call them tangents. Joe, you are killing it with the just awful jokes today. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Um, but uh, uh, there are no lyrics at all. Uh, so there's not a lot to delve into thematically. Um, it's just really beautiful and yet uh high energy music uh that i love uh cool yeah i'd I'd never heard of them um before this uh and um you know i'm I'm kind of conflicted about this album uh i'm sold on the sounds um uh but uh you know when i listened to it i was a little lost in the atmosphere um Mm -hmm wasn't much solid ground um although i then i i realized i wrote that note while i was listening to the song gone to ground um Uh (laughs) it's just a one hits keep coming um yeah so good (laughs) uh uh yeah but i think i think i did pull out this uh, the the album the instrumentation there were so many different ideas and like seemed like literally so many different instruments um it seemed to switch back and forth from them a lot um yeah. that i just i i just to me this one was like a little too much like background music i mean i, I like i mean you know i i am a stan for anime girl listening to lo-fi while she's doing her homework um Uh it could be the greatest youtube video of all time um but i don't um maybe i'm saying i didn't connect to the the art and beauty of this um too much um we got to i got to the last track uh ort cloud um which uh i'm I'm a big fan of ort clouds in general um their name what they are um, or maybe there's just 100% one, one work clouds own. It's yes. Yes. Um, and there's enough kind of, uh, Radiohead instrumental power there, uh, that I, I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to choose to believe in this for this track. Um, there's some, there's some good heart here. So, uh, and, yeah. uh, of course it's a very Paul album. It's uh, so Paul. It's I would listen Paul. to this and be like, Paul, Paul, I wouldn't be just be like, Paul likes this. I'd be like, Paul's probably listening to this at work right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it kind of is like my version of background music in that <laughs> it doesn't have words, but it also refuses to actually stay in the background. Um, uh, you don't want to be embarrassed if your headpo- headphones come unplugged. Oh, you man. Know. I can't tell you how many times my employees come to talk to me and I like pull my headphones off real quick and then I'm like searching through tabs for wherever the music is playing <laughs> and the incredibly loud like punk rock I was listening to is just like fucking blaring like a boombox in front of, between us while, while that's going on. Is there, but, uh, is there money to be made for a, a peripheral that's like just this big red button and no matter what is playing sound, you press the button and it's muted. Well, so um, yes, but not for me because my particular (laughs) OCD is that I am not just going to mute the music. I could do that. Um, 
in fact, quite easily with the technology I have. Uh, I have to pause it so I can come right back to where I was. Oh, so the button has to pause. It's a pause. It's a universal pause. Okay. If it can, button. If, if Windows slash Apple make uh, you know some API endpoint available for such a button to work like that, no, I'm we're gonna we're gonna make it. It's it's an actual button. Okay. It's called the Savage button, and it was, <laughs> or it's called the Savage pause. Yes, and when you it's the the tagline is Savage your machine. Um, but uh, uh, I'm glad that got you. I mean, uh, if if the if if Chrome crashes, the the track is technically paused. Yeah, if it, if it can't pause the track within five seconds, it just explodes your computer. Uh, um, Paul, anyway, what? Uh, uh, no, I was just gonna say one last thing about this, which yes. is um, uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's I actually had another thought that has now gone out of my head. Um, but uh, yeah, let's just move on because I lost that thought. Okay, shall we uh, move on or hop along? We, oh, 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 God, <laughs> you're just doing this on purpose now. Uh, I watched I, I I watched a Rodney Dangerfield clip tonight. I think it really got to me. Yes, it's is it like the ring of Roger Rodney Dangerfield clips? If you don't show it to somebody else within four weeks you become as terrible as rodney dangerfield yes uh except uh rodney dangerfield's funny as fuck he actually is but but, uh yes but only rodney dangerfield can tell rodney dangerfield absolutely anyone else (laughs) it's just it's it's death yes totally all right um okay hop along bark your head off dog One that suits me by Hop Along. Um, hold on. This uh, this album is interesting. It's the third by the full Hop Along band. I love the two previous albums as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're part of the 
Philadelphia girl alt rock movement uh, that we've spent the past three freaking years talking about um, because there are a lot of great bands that fit that uh, description. Um, but this might be the first one that uh, really went sort of uh, not grunge in mm. a really good way. Um, Speedy Ortiz this quarter uh, added some sense to their sound in a way and produce a good album that didn't quite make my list. But um, uh, this album, it's uh, it kind of after like the third or fourth listen, it hit me that it's actually kind of like uh, Modest Mouse is good news for people who love bad news, but like um, not mixed all to hell in the <laughs> uh, god awful 2003 mastering universe that uh, killed that album's ability to be listened to straight through on headphones. Um, and also the songwriting is more consistent. I mean, I'm not slagging Modest Mouse, one of my top five favorite bands. But um, uh, this is sort of like, to me, a better version of that album in the sense that it's um, high energy. It's uh, texturally varied, you know, certainly within songs, even if the with, between songs, it's a lot of the similar ideas. But, you know, it's frenetic, um, lots of bright, poppy uh, playing, um, not an over-reliance on distortion, and a lot of very clever lyrics from a lady who um, figured out how to use her, I, like, again, I can't, she actually is a good singer, I think, but she also puts a little rasp in her voice all the time that uh, works great for me. Um, so uh, this album is just really good, if you ask me. I love it. I am uh, surprised that you love this album, but pleasantly so. Uh, um, I I like it uh, a lot as well. Hop Along, good band. Um, I just simply did not know that you were a Hop Along fan. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, although, given their Philly origins, uh, I am now uh, less surprised. Um, <laughs> uh, and... Uh, uh, yes, her voice. Uh, what's what's her name? I hate. Oh shit! I know it. I looked it up. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, hop along. It's so obvious. It's gonna be right there on Google. Um, I should know this because I also have a crush on her. Uh, Francis Quinlan. There we go. Um, Francis Quinlan's voice is. Uh, it's it's nice, but it's also raw. Um, it mm-hmm. rips through honest and cutting sentiments. Um, uh the uh first song um mm-hmm. uh how simple uh say it again how simple how simple um which i've been listening to a lot uh uh it it ends with the the repeated line uh uh we will both find out just not together mm-hmm. um which is a pretty crushing thing to say someone in some senses um <laughs> it's happy but very sad and yes that's a, that's a good modest mouse vibe um yeah i agree completely with that um and you know the album is quiet at the right times and it's nice it's not quite an acoustic rock record but it's nice to have uh, a record that uses acoustic guitars that's not you know mopey or corny yeah. but just rocks with them it's a it's a full band rock album um, totally. meant to be played in a big room um and uh, there's a lot of songs in here like uh not able is one mm. of them uh, that have a lot of movements there's a there are big stories in them and 
uh, it's not again, able was the first track I heard from this album and my mind was blown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, she does the like Renaissance fair singing thing in it. And I'm like, what is going on? But then it just yeah gets crazy. Go on. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's, I think uh, I'm going to say the same thing I said about kiss your frenemies, which is that, um, this is distinguished from a lot of other good rock records this quarter, uh, by its, uh, ambition, um, and complexity. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that some of these bands are, are growing in a good way. You know, uh, they couldn't, uh, keep just sort of mining the exact same nineties rock thing forever. And, uh, this is uh, a pretty adventurous step that works really well. So, uh, I'm very happy. Searching for a reason I'm in the chaos dimension Reasons eclipsed by tension I want, I want, I want, I want Not to feel numb about death Fighting, 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 fighting Peace is not an easy task Breathing, 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 breathing To see if there's any left Breathing, 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 breathing About how many people died it Can't someone tell me the reason All right, that was Almost Had to Start a Fight, In and Out of Patience by Parquet Courts from their album Wide Awake. Um, Joe, you had nominated their previous album for the best of whatever quarter that was. And I was like, yeah, this is good, but not my favorite. Um, and I don't know I, uh, whether it's the sheer attrition of Parquet Courts releasing like a bunch of really good records <laughs> by now or the fact that... I heard a savage uh, go on to um, Chapo Trap House and um, shit all over SoundCloud rap, which I really enjoyed. Um, that was great. But uh, uh, this album, final, or, or the fact that they went in a funky direction, uh, not only in songwriting, but in having Danger Mouse produce, that uh, finally broke through for me. But uh, mm. I really dig this album. It's sweet. Uh, intelligent, political, it rocks. You can dance to it. I actually did dance to it with my four-year-old daughter at length last night. It was fun. Um, and uh, uh, it's just really good uh, if you like that sort of uh, brainy punk rock type of thing. Uh, yes, it is. I think that um, uh, Parquet Courts leveled up for this album. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that what distinguishes it from even that last album of theirs that I, that I liked um, is the, the consistency of the songwriting. Mm -hmm. um, I think almost uh, their albums. Um, well, you know, Milano kind of a album by then. Um, was that the one you're speaking? You're talking about the, no, I was talking about human the, performance. the actual parquet courts album from like yeah. a couple years ago. 
um it, you know i i think that those albums uh have a lot of amazing songs but are also uneven and this one uh was great um the whole way through um because uh i think uh mr savage uh uh spent well he realized that you know um what i think you know maybe Stephen Malcolmus realized with pavement that like even if you just want to be up there and be like this really cool unique guitar player um you have to spend a lot of time writing also writing cool and unique songs mm-hmm. um and i think that they've uh come to that uh and you know what's here um yeah it's it's danceable uh in a way that their songs haven't been it doesn't seem as lo-fi uh there's a a talking heads uh level of production which is probably danger mouse you know being like brian eno and able to um kind of take new sounds and and you know give them this uh full a full reckoning uh with your ears um Joe, I never thought you would be the one to slander Brian Eno on this podcast. By, no. You know, look, I love Danger Mouse, but there's no comparison there. I was only saying that he, yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's a good point. And I would say that only that Danger Mouse uh, is, uh, has similar uh, goals to Brian Eno. Um, Fair. No one is Eno, but Eno. Uh, yes. There's only one Eno. That's a palindrome. For yes. You. Yes. There you go. Um, uh, but as I stop for a second to see if it is a palindrome, it's clearly not. Um, one Eno is clearly a palindrome. Oh, just one Eno. Yes, yeah. that is. Yeah. Um, uh, beautiful. Um, <laughs> and, uh, that yes, then of course, Adam also has all the great stuff that Parquet Courts, um, always has going for them, which is, uh, they seemed stoned in a really friendly way, and uh, they don't sound like they're, but they also don't sound like they're taking shit from anybody. Um, and they do really uh, frequently seem like they are about to start a fight, but like you're on their <laughs> side. Yeah. Well, have you seen pictures of them? I don't think they're actually fighting guys, even no, though they're, no, they're fun. <laughs> no, just in the music. <laughs> yeah. Um, all from Denton, Texas homeland of uh deep blue something as well so mm. big musical uh tradition from Denton. paul I, you know i never told you this but i went back and listened to that whole deep blue something album My which God. i said i was gonna do um and it was it was good it was fine <laughs> that's it was it i was actually kind of sad for them because <laughs> They'd clearly had one album's worth of like pretty good nineties alt rock. And yeah. unfortunately, like one of the songs was like the stupidest fucking uh <laughs> uh novelty song. And just none of the other songs are like that. That's um, really funny. Yeah, That's hilarious. They, they were but they were I was like, Yeah, this is this if this didn't have Breakfast at Tiffany's on it, I would be like, This is a this is a decent album. Well, uh, Parquet Courts should cover Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes, I would. Uh, I'd pay a dollar for that e single. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this is a good, smart band, uh, uh, and 
You know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know whether it was on that Chapo podcast I mentioned or uh, something else I was reading, but a savage mentioned that um, uh, all their songs, or at least the ones he writes, uh, start with lyrics and then they sort of write the music around it, which seems like something that would not appeal to me because, as I said, I usually don't start listening to lyrics at all until like the third time I listen to music. But I I see how that influences their music, which is extremely wordy. Um, and also, uh, uh, it works. I don't know. There's uh, the, the way that the two things end up being melded together when you do it that way, at least for them, seems to work really well. I also enjoy the um, possibly uh, ridiculous but still very enjoyable uh, for us soccer fans uh, central metaphor of the opening track, Total Football. Um, which I don't know if you are aware of this, Joe, but that's a reference to the Dutch national soccer team from 1972, hmm. um, who okay. invented the concept of total football, which to this day is basically the the highest philosophy of total football. Imagine basically Mike D- total football is to soccer what like Mike D'Antoni's system is to basketball. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, today I learned. Yeah. And what's funny is if you actually read the lyrics, like they actually, they actually carry that out as a metaphor for how we as a society should rise up and overthrow capitalism. It's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, fantastic. I, we should, we should, let's go do it now. (laughs) Um, collectivism and autonomy are not mutually exclusive, Joe. So that's true. Teaches us. That's true. Um, I actually, I, I have quibbles with that statement, but we don't have to go into those now. Joe, that's my best of the quarter. I kept it to six albums, and we've Good already stuff. talked about two of them, so yeah. we were able to get through it without too much trouble. Real, real solid, and we'll do mine on the next episode, uh, yes, as we well as twenty minutes on the new Smashing Pumpkin song. <laughs> Is there a new Smashing Pumpkin song? Ah, uh, yes. Oh God. Well, we liked the last single. And we even liked the album all right. Hey, we didn't like the last single. Solar, uh, Solara? We, it was a piece of shit. Oh, no. I was thinking of... Sorry. It was so bad I forgot about it and was thinking back to the Will, William uh, Patrick Corgan ah, yes. single. We did like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Solara sucks. Fuck. Um, oh, well. Don't listen to that. Go read. Go read about the Oort Cloud instead. Yes, or or think about how many compliments I got for my sweet SP Heart logo T-shirt. Uh, yes, for, even from people who had no idea what it was, they were like, "That shirt rules." Nice. So yeah, awesome. There you go, um, Joe. That's our podcast. It uh, is. Have you anything to say before I uh, exhort our listeners to promote us? Uh, I I do not. Okay, people, we're on Twitter. We're on Gmail. Uh, we're on the web and we are on iTunes. I'm just going to say you try variations of Savage Beast Pod on all those platforms and you will find us. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe, like, follow, tweet at, slide into DMs, and spam in email uh, us with all your bullshit and we would love to hear about it. So thank you. Uh, and um, uh, if you want to list... If you want to list good things about us in your review, uh, use as many commas as you see fit. Yeah, no, uh, use an Oxford comma. I'm no one, can, no one can tell you what to do. I can tell you what to Autonomy, do. Autonomy, 
is important. Yes, but collectivism in using commas correctly is even more important. To each according to their series from each. You already fucked it up. You already fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) From each according to his uh, keyboard to each according to his taste. Uh, Fuck this. Good night. Good, good night. (laughs)